Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Spilling the GNT. You're here with Bolo. And Dr. Tom. Now, we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. But you're getting it anyway. That's right. That's right. Now, Bolo here's a performer. Hey, and Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Hmm. And we're here to give you our professional... Professional? Professional review on RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Are you ready? More than ready. Raring to go. Well, let's get into it, okay? (laughs) Well, everyone, thanks and welcome back to Spilling the GNT, a Mm -hmm. podcast where we spill the tea and a bit of gossip about the new RuPaul's Drag Race UK season. Now, the episode that just came up was number two. Number two, second and episode. And it, it was such a good episode. It was fantastic, actually. It was really, really enjoyable. Yeah. First yeah. thing I want to say is um, I want to give a big shout-out to Alice. Peter Alice, and Alice. Peter, Peter and Alice. Alice. Peter and yeah, Alice. Yeah, but it was really Alice's it's idea. Really Alice's idea. Yeah, yeah. Who, I don't know if you listened to our, well, obviously you have all listened to our first, first podcast. <laughs> We've got millions of followers <laughs> and fans, what are you talking about? Pretty much end of <laughs> um, So, yes, in, in the first podcast, we uh, didn't know what to call people who were following the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of lost for ideas. And Alice has given us a great name that we are going to take and give her credit for. Thank you, Alice. Uh-huh. Congratulations, listeners. You are now G and Teenies. <laughs> G and Teenies. G and Teenies. That's such yeah. a good name. We toyed with some other yeah. takes on it, but G and Teenies was our favourite. Was our favourite. So yeah. thank you so much, Alice. Mm-hmm. Now, thank you. Um, before we get on to it, I want you guys to stay around because we've actually done something new for this episode. Yep. We did a bit of mob casting. Mob casting. Now tell me, please, uh, what is mob casting? Oh, sorry. So mob casting is mobile podcasting. Mm. So what we oh. did is we got some equipment, some portable uh, podcasting gear and we're actually going to go out on the town tonight in Liverpool. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> we're going to be um, approaching people yeah. um, and asking them what they think about RuPaul's Drag Race. I want to get the perspective of the British local on how RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race UK, if it's representing yeah. UK drag right? because that was one of the questions that I got on my Facebook mm-hmm. as if I think that UK drag has been accurately represented on it and I'm like, well... I mean, we d- we did discuss it in the first podcast, didn't yeah. we? But who better to ask than some British drag queens? Yes, so we're hoping- and some locals and some watchers. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that's what we're going to be doing. That's what you're going to be listening to. So please stay around. Um, right now we're going to get into the episode. So mm-hmm. Vinegar comes in. We see the message on the mirror. And the mirror reads, "I'm the UK's pork chop. Love you forever, <laughs> Gothy." Now I like what Vinegar did. So Vinegar, you know, instead of what a lot of the queens do say a lot of the queens when they just finish lip syncing and yeah. winning they always talk about oh my god I never want to do it again it's so terrifying mm-hmm. Vinegar is actually quite she's like I'm so happy I won the first lip sync I yes. thought there was such a good spin to put on it well for her it was a chance to show off her performance chops wasn't it because mm. I think we'll get onto it again this episode looks aren't necessarily her strong suit but she is a performer her aesthetic is quite questionable mm, that's yeah. a diplomatic way of putting it yeah. and if Gothy is the UK pork chop that makes Vinegar the UK Akasha who was mm. the winner of the first ever lip sync in the US wasn't she yes and she was quite a fabulous lip sync actually I recall her being something of a lip sync assassin Akasha she was the, the first, the first really. season wasn't she she took out a couple of girls before she went home Good on her. Mm, she took out Tammy Brown as well, but Tammy, Tammy was, Tammy was on planet Tammy. <laughs> I mean, she was just living the best <laughs> life, wasn't she? She wasn't even giving it a real go. Um, but we love Tammy Brown. Okay, so today's mini challenge is RuPaul has asked Vivian because she had won the last um, yesterday's, well, last week's challenge mm. to rank the competition yes. from top to bottom with the girls. Basically, who does she think is strong? All the way down to who do you th- who she thinks is the weakest. Yes. Now this is the order. Tell me if you agree with it. Okay. She put vinegar, then beggar, crystal, 
Davina De Campo, Something Wong, Blue, Cheryl, and at the bottom, she put Scaredy Care. Thoughts? Mm. Broadly, I basically agree. And, you know, there were the kind of themes that we've predicted before, really. Vivian being one of your kind of like performer experience girls kind of divided it along the lines of team performance slash experience versus team look versus you threw her further down towards the bottom. Um, really put the Vivian in a real position of power because she set up the the tone and the dynamics for this episode, I think. And it's mm. kind of like setting her as a central character, I think. Um, you know, you could argue that maybe production are pushing her to the front a little bit. I don't know. Not complaining. We love her. Um, some notable placements that I disagree with. I would have put Davina much nearer the top, if not at the top. Mm. I think she's multi-talented and she looks great. I don't really know why she was in the bottom. Um, I agree with Scaredy being near the bottom. Um, I would have um, perhaps placed Crystal a bit further down, but I think Vivienne was talking about or thinking about her broad range of talents now. She looks gorgeous in general. Mm. So she is kind of like a middle placement, but she's not given a sort of performance... performance uh, I, I don't know where to go with that really. She's not given a strong sense of performing talent in this kind of acting, singing, kind of hosting sort of sense, you know. Cool. So the plot twist with this is that because she had put Scaredy Cat at the bottom, RuPaul had made the Vivian and Scaredy Cat team captains for the next challenge. Now, the next challenge is a sumptuous drama, and they've called it Downtown Draggy. Now, it was a, it's a drama that's testing their overacting skills in two sickening scenes, a scandalous tale of world power and intrigue, Ooh. and the next scene is a scandalous tale of world power and <laughs> intrigue. <laughs> a scandal. A scandal. A scandal. <laughs> um, look, I don't really know. I've, I've heard of Downtown Abbey, and I know mm-hmm. this is what the... Um, the mockers is, is that it's a playing off downtown yes. abbey can you give me a brief rundown about downtown abbey just just give me the gist of it for those who don't know because i don't i mean i myself i'm not a, a giant fan it's something i've seen the odd episode of mostly because my mum and my sister love it um and i've dipped in and out of it in that sense um i it's, i think really what it's playing off is that there's a strong tradition of quality period dramas um in british tv interesting that they've gone for downtown abbey though because this series of Drag Race is a BBC production. Downton Abbey is an ITV production, which is a rival network in the mm. UK. Um, when the BBC has its own tradition of like gorgeous, sumptuous period dramas. So interesting. But I guess they were thinking about what looms largest in the public consciousness. I think Downton Abbey has taken off a bit in the US as well. Um, but they'll probably be thinking about other things, you know, like upstairs, downstairs. All right. So the um, what happens here is that Scaredy Cat and Vivian have to choose their team members. Now, Scaredy Cat, luckily, is the one who gets to pick first. Yeah. Now, Scaredy Cat picks Davina DeCampo. Sensible, strong pick. Yes, her first pick was at the end of the campo. The rest of DDC's, uh, the rest of Giddy Cat's team is Cheryl, mm. Blue Hydrangea, and Crystal, which means the Vivian has Vinegar, Beggar, and something Wong. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the rest of the choices, I think Vivian really got the strongest picks. You know, Bagger and Vinegar, really solid choices. Something. Um, maybe a little bit of a wild card, but like, you know, certainly fun. And when we think back about her main stage performance last week, there was an injection of performance, wasn't there? She could at least bring character to mm. the main stage. So there's some promise there. Um, I think Cheryl was a strange second pick for for um, the Scaredy. Again, it might be an awareness thing. 
you know, because Cheryl seems to have a bit of a name going into this. So maybe she was aware of her, maybe thought her dance talents could translate into just general performance talent. And I think really Blue and Crystal being last picks there is kind of expected. Let's look at the um, the filming of the Downtown Draggy. Please, let's. Looking, looking at Team Vivian, what did you think about them? What are your notes for there? I thought um, just really solid performances all round, really. Apart from something, you know, she was a little bit of a weak link in this team, but she was really trying her best. Yeah. And she wasn't awful. Um, Vivian, really solid performer. Um, Vinegar, fab. Although her look, her aesthetic, a little questionable, won't you think? So, so this is where we start getting more like, what are you, like, what's happening here in yeah. terms of how Vinegar looks in the scene? Now, you, there is no, there is no faulting her performance. Absolutely she not. She was fab. Through and through a performer, an mm-hmm. actor. She's reacting, she's acting, she's doing all of it. She's, she's giving it. Yes. Yes. But then you're looking at what she's wearing. I don't even think that she, she was wearing a wig that was too small for her. It was really her. small. You could see quite you a large area of scalp her, above yeah, her ears. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it was almost like she had like an undercut and yeah. <laughs> she just tied it back. Um, and the makeup as well. I mean, one thing about about drag race is that queens often come on, even really experienced queens, and their makeup looks different on TV to how it's looked on the stage. Of course, on the, the stage past. you're painting for the next suburb. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, you have to because, <laughs> because the lighting drowns what out is a it, lot of... What is it Trixie said? I don't paint for the back row. I paint for the shop across the street. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it was her. But mm. yes, um, I, I don't really remember the makeup, but I do, I do remember that the look was very questionable. The makeup was noticeably like quite poorly blended, the contouring and stuff. I could see it was like patchy. Not that I'm a makeup expert, but I've got eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so therefore you are qualified to This is kind of like a minor criticism really And let's not let it detract from the fact that she performed very very strongly mm. And was easily one of the strongest um, And clearly that's where her strength lies um, The real scene stealer in this though was Bagger Oh gosh, Bagger so much just fun. much better <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, Every time that she just like looked at the camera I laughed her cute little funny face with all this like dodgy makeup on. Unique face. No, no, no. I mean, the way her makeup was 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 done. It was a combination of cute and funny. She um she looks like a caricature. She really of does. Beg- beggar. Yes. She was actually serving um an anemic fever illness. Very that wasn't That's she? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. She looked. She was really good at overacting. She was over overacting, mm-hmm. which is exactly what the challenge called for. Yeah. Um. She really. She she went in the guns blazing. She really did. Yes. Um. She had fun. She amped it up. Um. It still felt like bagger though. It still felt like she was being herself and just yes. having a great time. I mean, she was hilarious. She was hilarious. Now, um, something Wong did show some signs of struggling a lot. She did, um, didn't she? I mean, so we started to see her a lot, a lot of mm. self-doubt and she yes. there is a point where she um she says that while well, vinegar's in the west end um Trip is really really funny yes. and then um the, the the she was really putting herself saying that she was the extra one yep dream team oh, oh yeah oh yeah my team is the best team we have Vivian, winner of last challenge vinegar who's on the west end we've got bag of chips who's hilarious and there's me the extra person yeah, so that was her. I think was is that her showing that she's starting to be a bit 
questioning herself in the competition. What do, what do you think is happening there? I would say, especially being in a, a group with Vinegar Bagger and Vivienne, who have who probably have a bit more coin than her. I would say, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> I don't have access to the bank accounts, but looking at what they brought with them. And, you know, the, these three girls have travelled up and down the country yes. and internationally performing. Isn't Vivian in some of the other Queen's video clips with the songs as well? So the, yes. Vivian, the Vivian is not new to the scene. It's, no. She's a, she's a no-drag she's no drag queen she's actually yes. she knows a lot of the rue girls and then we have um, vinegar strokes who was already on the west end performing mm. beggar who's well known already been in documentaries she, for the uh, drag she, queens yeah. of london she travels and, up and down the country singing and then we have something wong yeah who, who has so much talent and charm and wit and it's a bit sad that she's kind of overlooking that and comparing herself to these big characters in this scene but it's understandable how she is i think mm. she's feeling a bit intimidated overall yeah. i think team vivian did a really good job yeah overall these are minor criticisms aren't yes. they and it came together to be a fab little scene in yep. spite of the writing let's move on to team scaredy cat mm -hmm. okay now i have to say this i'm i I'm getting a little annoyed. <laughs> I'm giggling. Look, first of all, a lot of people are saying that we're quite hard on Scaredy. Yeah, Cat. we have had this feedback actually that we tore a strip off poor Scaredy. And, you know, to be fair, I think we need to bear in mind she's a 19 year old who is um, really performing drag for the first time. But I think our point has been something more along the lines of um, it's interesting why she was cast. Mm. isn't it we were really speculating about reasons for that and with it being around youth appeal and appealing to a certain demographic and how so many other performing queens with a range of talent not just a look could have been cast on this show i think we see a bit more of scaredy's charm this episode to be honest in spite of some of the issues around her performance we'll come on to that a little later yes. but what did you think of her performance in this scene i think that it was she was seriously giving pheromone a run <laughs> for her money. She's giving the pheromone a run for her money. She's whining and moaning so much. And it's just, it's its actually very annoying. It, it is actually. And the, the edit actually plays to that because they, they compiled basically a, a bunch of clips of her making this pheromone noise. And didn't we conceive of a little game we could play with our Giantinis? What's the, what's the game? Um... Perhaps a little oh. clip package to see if you can distinguish Scaredy Cat from Pheromone. Yeah, so what we're going to do now is we're going to be playing you. Um, <laughs> if you don't know who Pheromone is, Pheromone is a mona. She's got a reputation for, for whining and moaning a lot. And now we've got um, Scaredy Cat who was giving her a run for her money. So let's play Pheromone or Ferroclone. Ah, I like what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. oh, thank you, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I didn't do good in highlighter. You know. You know. Oh. 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 God, actually, that's quite annoying. <laughs> it's quite a long segment of moaning. I apologize. Okay, so how did you go? If you guessed that the first half of that, so the first six moans, was from our Farrah clone, then you were right. The rest of the segment was the original Miss Farrah moan. So, congrats to you if you got that. <laughs>
Okay, let's move on. So what what else do we think? I think the person and the person who really excelled in this team was DDC, 100%. the Vena de Campo. She has years and years and years of training and experience over these girls, and she showed up. Yes. She came and she did it. She came mm-hmm. and she showed up. She slayed everyone. She was a total pro, wasn't she? Very much so. Very consistent, very funny. Her 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 timing was great. Her gags landed. I'll tell you, and she didn't, again, she didn't necessarily have the funniest part or writing to work with. I'll tell you who she reminded me of was Alaska in the season five acting challenge when uh, Alaska got credit for being a really solid actress and being the glue that held the scene together. Mm. And I, I genuinely think that's the case in um, this scene as well. I think she was with a bunch of queens who were really struggling, actually. And the only reason the scene got anywhere was because of Davina. <laughs> she's got some really director cameras, mm. amazing director cameras here. Where she's um actually because Cheryl um, well let's look at Cheryl quickly. Now I think it was really really hard because I think Cheryl was just being the same Cheryl that we we're already seeing in the confessionals. Mm-hmm. So she was she was really playing the, the same character just with different makeup and. Well, I thought she was she was drawing inspiration heavily from Bendler Creme as as the Dowager Countess Dame mm. Maggie Smith in season six Snatch Game. It was a bit like when Alyssa was being Faye Dunaway as um, Joan Crawford. This felt a bit like uh, <laughs> so many names. Um, Cheryl Hall as Bendler Creme as Maggie Smith. Yeah, let's play the little, play the little audio of DDC's reaction <laughs> to Cheryl Hall's um, playing the part that she's playing. Here it goes. It's funny. Your newspaper, milady. That's Dame. That's Countess. Oh, apologies. Cut, 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 cut. That's Dowdra Countess. Sorry. Cheryl, she has the voice and she has the eyes. But does she know her lines? No, she fucking doesn't. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. DDC is a complete professional. She even mm. walks in in character. She walks in in character. She yeah. is. She stays in character throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. She's just a complete professional. The thing I loved about her and Bagger um, in this challenge as well, not afraid to play, you know, in inverted commas, ugly. Um, both gorgeous, glamorous drag queens who um, just, you know, really aren't afraid to play a funny, ugly comedy character. Mm. Um, who else do we have in that team? We've got Crystal. Yeah, Crystal gave a surprisingly you know okay what? performance. Yeah, props to Crystal. Um, what I liked about Crystal was, um, I think the, the kind of cue for the way to play this character was in the name because she was Kylie, wasn't she? And she basically played her like a bored, spoiled Kardashian-Jenner-esque character, which was successful. At least like, I think it helped her that she had those parameters to work in. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be... Kylie Jenner basically and she was and it was funny she had some great little moments mm. um, so props to Crystal she actually yes. surprised and impressed me in this episode poor Blue Hydrangea is, mm. um, her performance proved that she is a look queen because in the nicest way, in the nicest way, come on. Yeah, Blue's performance in this acting challenge proved that she is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That pirouette showed me that you have great contouring. Um, She struggled with her lines, didn't she? She struggled with her lines, but she's Mm. so charismatic and just... I, there's a warmth that comes from her. She it's seems like a lovely she person. She, she really does. Mm. So I really didn't want to see her do bad. Um, I, it was, I was really rooting for her to do good. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just punching the air there. Fist pumping you know, there. One thing though is that by the end of the scene, she mm. actually picked up. She, she I actually thought her performance picked up yeah. um, on the closing segment of that. So she didn't do too bad, I felt, but maybe that's because I just really, really find her endearing. Yeah, and I agree. I think, you know, she took the direction actually, and her last mm. little sequence was a lot better. She showed some great characterization. We weren't we talking about how um she might have fed off Davina's energy yes, in that last bit. Definitely she definitely being in the scene with Davina would have really, really helped her, mm. I felt. She she really took inspiration from what um DDC was putting out there. Now, um I mean Davina the Campo really left everyone in her tracks for this challenge and she did say a comment about how she's the strongest by bloody country mile <laughs> but she didn't say in a way that was bragging did no. she she said i'm i'm the best by a bloody country mile and in, in the sense that are you serious as you are you serious is this who i'm working with yeah now ddc's gone from a a place where she's a professional performer people pay her to go places and if she is on stage it's generally going to be with another professional mm -hmm. so she's used to competing with other people who are trained and well and trying to overshadow them and overshine them and stand out putting her now in this situation where she's going up into a team that is actually quite amateur yeah. i feel there's her there's some sort of embarrassment that she feels yeah. in being part of that team yeah and i think that's bringing her down even though she's doing so so amazing you could see that she's because it's so because her team is undoing as good as her, she feels therefore she's not doing well. Mm -hmm. And that is such such a performer performer thing to do when, when you're in a group, you you want everyone to be strong or just as strong as you. Yeah. And if someone's not doing well, you take it as your own as well. You take that as your weakness. You take yes. that as your failure. Yeah, I agree. And I, feel, I felt like a lot of her energy had to go into holding things together yep. in the scene rather than concentrating on shining which probably shows that she's quite a team player really and she didn't use that as an excuse in the main stage either let's look so after this we, we're just looking into the girls now who are getting ready for the main stage and there's a little moment that happens there um in which cheryl's calling out blue mm, yes she is isn't she she, she really is she was calling out blue and she was quite honest when she says um first of all i felt like she was quite delusional <laughs> she's she goes um i thought i thought we did good and i've got one word or three words delusion <laughs> convince yourself <laughs> uh, that's jinx monsoon thank you very much no yes um and then she tells blue that um i could tell you were a nervous wreck and then there's a little moment between um cheryl and the, the vivian, vivian. I think Viv has been waiting for a moment to pounce a little bit here. Mm -hmm. She's clearly, um, Cheryl is working her last nerve. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of sticking up for Blue, but a little bit of spoiling for a fight with Cheryl, to be honest. But there was a lovely moment that happened between Scary Cat, Something Wong, mm. and Vinegar Strokes, wasn't there? It felt quite... I felt like it was quite inorganic, not an overproduced conversation, which is always nice. Mm. Um to begin with, Scaredy really loved what she was saying about her sexuality and not wanting to be sort of defined. And her sexuality is her girlfriend. And that was that was gorgeous. That was such a lovely sentiment. Mm. Yeah. What a lovely thing to say. They seem like such a... When you look... Because her girlfriend is on her Instagram as well. They just seem like a fun, arty couple who just like love each other's company and being creative. And obviously, they're a very visual pair. Um, yeah. There was a moment with uh, something wrong... Mm. Um, 
where her it's very very much like kimchi yes the, the story is very much like yes. kimchi in which uh something's wong family doesn't know that um he does drag Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't know that he's gay and they still think that he works as a marketing executive in London. So yeah. there's a whole part of his life that he's keeping away from his family. And I feel it's his way of protecting his family, mm-hmm. um, not wanting to embarrass his family um, by saying that he's a, uh, I'm a boy that dresses up as a lady for, for a job and he doesn't want to be too much into his face. That's actually quite a very, very common theme, especially in my culture. Yes. My culture, you, you really don't want, you can tell your parents you're gay um, and there's a difference between tolerance and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, we know it. Now don't say it again kind yeah. of vibe. And he wants to do drag race in, in a way to, make his family proud it seems to to let him know that he is quite successful and that he he's doing well and a lot of the response to that from vinegar is you know you don't need the show to do that you you are enough on your own but i think that vinegar's missing the point here it goes deeper than that mm. it goes this is you know we're we're social creatures people we need to belong to a community and the community that he's a part of um, as has tr- strong tradition, strong it's a strong cultural thing. Telling it isn't enough. I don't know if there's something in there about demonstrating her art form is legitimate through the show, whereas perhaps her parents, because of their cultural backgrounds, would not previously have acknowledged the artistry of drag as a legitimate career, maybe. And perhaps being on the show legitimizes that. I don't know. It was just a really, really nice... Nice. Nice. Really nice, very different. <laughs> it's nice, it's, <laughs> it's nice, really it's nice different, different, it's interesting, it's nice. It was a very, very nice, honest moment that we really got to get into. That I felt I felt a bit closer to something. Well, I felt closer mm. because I, I know exactly what she's saying. Mm. That moment really spoke to me because I know 100% what you're saying. It's, yeah. you know, maybe I've gone through something d- similar. I don't know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to let all my millions of followers know that <laughs> side of me. I'm trying to it's too early for your vulnerable moment. <laughs> yeah, this could be, we cue some violins in the background there. <laughs> now, that was really, really nice moment. And I'm really, really glad that RuPaul's Drag Race let that air and, and show, it brought that to light. Because yeah. it, it's showing to people who are watching it who don't necessarily understand drag or understand why they do this. Mm-hmm. It lets people know that they're human. Yeah. That they are they're just people as well who are doing what they love. Yeah. And it was that moment that made me watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Because mm. I didn't really like drag queens before. I found yeah. them quite odd. <laughs> and I came home one time from work and um my flatmate Melissa, shout out to Melissa <laughs> and Melly, she was watching it and I I would watch it from a distance and just be like, That's disgusting. But then you start to see the person behind the makeup the vulnerabilities, the honesty, and how I could actually relate to that. And I think that was really beautiful because I know for a fact that there's going to be someone out there watching that episode who can connect with that moment. Yeah, which is lovely. And I think Drag Race is actually very good at doing that in Mm. in showing the human side of these wonderful artists. Okay. Mm. So the category for this week, for the (sighs) runway, is Bond Girl Glamorama. And now Tom's going to... Boy, was I excited. (laughs) These girls have a license to kill and the looks to match. 
let's see some beautiful, sexy, powerful creatures on this main stage. Now, we're only going to be critiquing the top two in the top two bottoms. Or the top two tops <laughs> and the top two bottoms. <laughs> yes? The top two and the bottom two, one might say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're a bit, you're yeah. a bit big. Which saddens me because I love this runway theme, but let's get into it. Yes, okay. Well, yeah. so my favorite look is, uh, I mean... It's definitely the Vivian. Yeah, I mean... Um, she opened the runway and to me yes. she closed it. When she left, she was like, done. She looked <laughs> absolutely fabulous in this sort of um, uh, jumpsuit with the hood, which gave massive Grace Jones vibes, which mm. she referenced herself. Grace Jones, of course, played May Day in A View to a Kill, classic Bond girl, kick-ass lady. Um, and also, she, the whole look had a certain sort of Brigitte Nielsen sort of, you know... Referencing lots of different powerful, sexy women, I thought. The fit was yeah. perfect. Gorgeous. The mug, again, was perfect. Her makeup yeah. skills are undeniable. She's she's a, she's a seasoned girl. Yeah. Who's your other top? My other top was Crystal. Okay. Um, she really impressed me. I thought she looked gorgeous. All right. She's in this sort of like PVC cat suit serving mm. dominatrix. And she served dominatrix a lot more successfully than last week, I thought. 100%. She did. cracked that whip. She served sex and power. She was a scary, beautiful, sexy lady, I thought. She had a reveal as well, didn't she? She took off her coat. She had a nice coat on. She took it off. And nice she coat. Had, it was a lovely yeah. coat. <laughs> and she had a whip. <laughs> and she cracked that whip yeah. um, as part of the performance. And she made the whole thing yeah. top to bottom. So congrats on that. Yeah. She's, a, she's a sewer. She Good sews. for Crystal overall, I thought. And I think both of them really went with the theme, you know. They they had those those Bond girl esque themes of sexy, powerful woman, kick ass lady. My other top was DDC, Davina De Campo. I did love Davina's look. Very much Al Driver inspired, reminded me of yeah, Al yeah. Driver from Kill Bill. Yeah, um, the iPad. The coat was very yeah. much the Matrix. Yeah. And I think that with the wig she was giving anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was she an amazing, <laughs> an amazing. <laughs> she she had lots of different reference points there, didn't she? I thought, mm. but it came together. One critique about Davina is, girl, what was that knife? It was, was tiny. There a knife? Exactly. I can only tell there was one by the motion she was making. I like making. your response to this. She's like, it's a common complaint. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely. Right, um, the bottoms. Mm-hmm. I love vinegar strokes. She's a strong performer, and her runway proves that she's a strong (laughs) performer. (laughs) (laughs) She looked like uh, a lawyer um, just coming back from a lunch break. Um, It was ill-fitting. It looked cheap. Um, It just really was not a good look. It did not fit the theme, and her mug was really severe. I loved the long weave, but overall, as a look, it was a complete mess for me. I um I have to agree. I didn't I didn't really like it. She, she had that really anemic first stole as well. It was tiny, and she was just kind of like, you know, just ha- leaving it hanging. She wasn't even using it. I tell you what I do love. I do love that she um she still walked with all the confidence she in did. the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like she owned that she, room. <laughs> she, <laughs> <laughs> del- another case of delusion. <laughs> Convince <laughs> yourself. <laughs> it was a misplaced <laughs> sense of confidence in that look, wasn't it? My <laughs> other bottom, and I think that we're both in consensus. Um, consensus? <laughs> we're consensing. Yeah. Yes. Can you use it in a consensus? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, I think we're both in consensus with uh, who our other bottom is. I think it's Cheryl Cole. Cheryl Hall, aka Double O Dipshit, was the name she gave herself. Okay. Well, she, was, she looked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Oop>. <laughs> and I, oop. She was another girl with a reveal. Yes. Um, and I can see what she was going for. I think she was first going for a kind of like a cocktail 
dress kind of look which is you know that is synonymous with with confident sexy bond girls and then she changed into the bathing costume which i think was a bit of a nod to ursula andress as honey rider and that iconic scene where she comes out of the the sea unfortunately i didn't think either look was very successful both looked a bit cheap um and yeah sorry cheryl it looked like someone had bought a um a children's size it looked like she bought a children's size <laughs> yes. um a swimming one piece swim swimsuit yeah and she put it on and it just it, she she managed to get it on but it just stretched <laughs> all the way yeah that's what i thought it, like it definitely like. yeah yeah a bit all fitting really yeah um so not a fan um special mention is, as well to bag of chips even though she looked fabulous and having a lot of fun on the runway I think she had Eliza Minnelli costume lying around that she forced into the theme and, you know, popped a bowler hat on and said, oh, I'm like a lady, odd job. I didn't. I mean, she she's fabulous and I love her and she deserved to win. Yeah. But, had you know, had she been up there for critiques, I wonder if they would have picked up on that. Well, anyway, congrats to Bigger because she won the challenge, Fantastic didn't job, she? Claps Bagger. all around. <laughs> <laughs> We're going into the judging. So... I just there's one point in the judging where well there's two things that happen with the judging that um is quite spilling the GNT type of stuff mm. that when you talk about one was Cheryl Cole calling out something wrong on the main stage so the question is um to Cheryl are you surprised um that they won and she said well yes yes they were good well most of them were good and then she she took this opportunity to um to say that something Wong's yes. Mariah Carey was a bit Mariah scary um, another moment that we do have is Davina the Campo. Now, Davina the Campo totally slayed this this she challenge. Did. Unfortunately for her, she was in the weaker team. Yes, um, the team with not many performers. Mm-hmm. And when the co- the judges are giving her such great compliments, and she's 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 listening to these compliments, and you can see it in her face. She's waiting for the but. Yeah. She's waiting for them to say something that she did wrong. And something wrong. That, that, <laughs> something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and she um she didn't. She got nothing but great great praise. And they did ask her what did she think. And we're actually quite surprised to actually hear she didn't think she did as well as the judges are saying and as well as she thought she could have done. It was interesting watching your character because there was something that you added to it. That was really, really lovely work. Thank you. What did you think, having seen it? Uh, uh, <laughs> I was not going to be this person. Uh, I still feel like there was a lot that I should have squeezed in there. There was so much more in there that I could have got out of it, and there was so much that fell flat. But I've got to a point in my career where I feel like I need to push myself. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. And I am. Um, I don't feel like I've arrived yet. As a viewer, what we what we see is Davina doing so well, amazing acting, yeah. and then you hear her talk about it as though she she could see nothing wrong, nothing but the faults. And that is such a performer, especially if you have a dance background. It's such a thing. It's such a dancer thing to do, is because you're taught to self-correct. You know, you're taught to self-correct. Your arms too high. Your splits not right. Your legs not turned out enough. Your turns were wobbly. You're yeah. t- you're, you're trained to look at yourself and assess and self-correct. And that's what she was doing there. Mm-hmm. 
And you would think someone like Davina DeCamba, who is an amazing drag queen, who has been working professionally, who was a judge on many shows, who apparently introduced The Simpsons. <laughs> someone was, someone, Still want to find out about that. Someone with such a great CV. You you see them up there and you, you wonder how can they have this much insecurity. Yeah. And I Facebooked, um, I asked a friend of mine, Kyle, and he's an amazing dancer. Kyle is a, a major K-pop choreographer. Um, he's done nearly all of the great um, k-pop artists and he's done jennifer lopez a oh. choreograph for jennifer lopez as well he was an amazing dancer yeah. i can see no fault in him i decided to ask him how does he feel looking at himself dance can he can he look at him at himself dance and is he happy with it and he replied saying it was only a year or two ago where he actually enjoyed watching himself dance mm. which means for the the 10 years before then which i known him wow he didn't he didn't like it and it's yeah. this everyone knows kyle kyle's a name like mm. you know I, I come to london and i see classes recycling his dances <laughs> and his moves yeah. i'm like that's that's kyle yeah someone like someone like that is just it just it just shows you how we're just so critical on ourselves as performers and we always always are critiquing critiquing and it was very reminiscent of what was happening with the vinda campo there she was yeah. judging herself and almost bringing up the flaws because it's better you air your 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 bad laundry yeah. than for them to bring it up because that way you feel like well I've already said it so you can't say and it doesn't affect me absolutely she's clearly quite a perfectionistic character isn't she mm. um, and as you've very eloquently explained she's self-critiquing before a perceived criticism from others I think mm. um, you know we did wonder if she was going to kind of fracture and become defensive under criticism when in fact she's actually um you're criticizing herself under praise, isn't she? Kind of the opposite is happening. Um, but I think this episode probably gave her a little confidence boost. Um, Rue Rue certainly gave her some sincere praise, didn't she? Um, so let's hope she she takes that tailwind yes. and lets it give her some some propulsion forward. Before moving on, I do want to say that this episode was an episode of, of heart and vulnerability it was. and honesty because this, this episode gave me all the good vibes. Yeah. I may have teared up once or twice. But you? That could have been Tearing the up? That could have been the Prosecco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been the vodka. You? Having a Prosecco? <laughs> now, there's a moment that's happening um, while they're getting judged, the safe queens. And thank God they make this discussion. So to those who have seen, I have been a bit harsh on Cheryl Hole <laughs> ever since our you? first podcast. Harsh? Saying that I'm really hard on her and, and all of that. Like the last previous um, podcast, I'm actually saying that she's really, really fake. I don't know her. She's not genuine. She's overly produced. Um, she's trying to be Alyssa Edwards. She's very Laganja Edwards. She, I, Laganja are, Edwards. A, a Laganja Stranger kind of type <laughs> characters. People have, have said maybe I'm, I'm being a bit harsh, but I want to let you know, ha, huh, I stand by my perfection because... <laughs> Your perfection? Yes, because it says come to pass. Th these queens are saying exactly <laughs> that. No, 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 let me hear me out. So the safe queens... It has come all, to pass, everybody. Yes, it has. It has come to pass. Okay, now listen up. Listen to what the girls have to say about Cheryl backstage. Right, so we won. Who do you think is in the bottom two on their team? Out of that team, Cheryl's going to be in the bottom two. 
Uwe knows Cheryl. I know Cheryl. I'm having an issue with Cheryl's vibe at the moment. I feel like she's bringing Alyssa Edwards and Gemma Collins into the room, but I'm not seeing Cheryl, Cheryl. Hull. That's exactly. I don't know who. I don't know who he. I don't know who he or she is. We know her. I've never met the girl, but I can tell straight away I haven't met her yet. So they're all basically saying that they don't know who she is. She's so. Fake. And that's exactly what mm. I've been saying the last couple of episodes. She's she's projecting someone else that who she thinks people will like more, which is very sad to me. Um, and I think vinegar, you know, because there's this this whole scene. And again, props to the girls for not turning it into a Laganja and a door and Bianca moment because she didn't get piled on. No. It's like she was given a little bit of constructive criticism. I would sh say that, you know, something retaliated slightly because Cheryl swanned in and said, I brought you up on the stage because I think you crap, basically, didn't she? Yeah. Um, and something was oh. like, okay, okay, well, I have some tea for you. But <laughs> she um, delivered it in, in quite a kind, respectful way. Um, and then um, I think Vinegar, and this will be a recurring theme for Vinegar, I think, she's quite diplomatic and she was like, I have met you before and I think you're you know, a sweet, talented girl. You're just not showing at the moment and being you is how you're going to stand out, which was a little bit of a cliche, but, you know, true and sincere. It actually worked, yes. Because yeah. so, Vinegar was here that they've worked together back at home and she goes, this yes. is not the Cheryl that I know. Yeah. And if you... and and. And then we have a moment where um, Cheryl Cole, Cheryl Hall admits, yes, okay, I've been playing it up. Yeah. I've been really playing it up, but we all have to play it up. Yes, you know what, Cheryl, you do have to play it up, but play you up. Yeah. Because the person that she's playing up is not her. She's she's playing, she's being a Alyssa Edwards. She's being Bindle. She's, she's being well, all these queens yeah, who have been yeah. received so well from the show. Mm -hmm. So she's taking that and, and taking those isms and making it part of Cheryl. And it's really sad. And it's a sad reflection in somebody's self-esteem and self-image, I think, when they do that. So I hope that I hope she, she takes this little bit of feedback in a constructive way. Doesn't mm. feel defeated by it. Um, and I think also we keep on making reference to that it, you know there's real parallels with the Laganja incident in in season six. Um, this is not how you talk when we're together, girl. When the cameras are off. Yeah. This okay. is how I talk when I'm with my friends. One of the most there's the only time so far that I've actually really liked Cheryl and grown to feel her being genuine mm -hmm. is the moment where she's telling yes okay maybe i'm not being myself but yeah. she, she she becomes vulnerable she tears she, up a bit she, bless tears her. Up, she becomes yeah. vulnerable and i'm like that's who i want to see yeah is that cheryl because if that's who it is i think i, I like that person definitely can i see more of her yeah but uh, of course but you know i guess it must be a difficult line to tread because a lot of people in drag adopt a persona and i guess a good distinction is that was highlighted in season six laganja um failed a little because she adopted a completely different personality that was not her. Whereas Dela adopted what was a heightened version of her own personality, um, which was more successful. So if you're going to do a persona, maybe take a little leaf out of Bendler Cram's book rather than Laganja's. The bottom two is Blue Hydrangea and Scaredica. And the lip sync happens. And you know what? There's a difference is... Um, they aren't the best performers, mm -hmm. but Blue Hydrangea is 
performing with her life. She's performing with heart and passion. You know for a fact she does not want to go home. And yeah. she's, she's, she's dancing that way. She's giving it everything she's got. The only critique I have is that I wish she took off that helmet because she had a weave underneath. And how, how amazing would that be? It would be a semi-reveal and just use your head and your hair. I completely agree with you. Neither of the girls took this to the next level. Neither of the girls were fabulously amazing. But I will say, Blue poured her little heart into this. Scaredy Cat, I could see what she was going for. And we've said before, haven't we? Scaredy's defense mechanism is, I'm going to make out I'm not taking this seriously so nobody can ever criticize me for it. Mm. And she channeled that into the lip sync. She made a kind of funny joke out of it and kept her quirky little character. Yes, we kind of expected her to do that, didn't we? Anyway, the winner of the lip sync is Blue Hydrangea and congratulations. So Blue Hydrangea goes, goodbye Scaredy Cat. All right, so what did you guys think of that episode? Well, we kind of know what you guys think because we went out mobcasting into Liverpool City. That's right. We went mobile podcasting. We went streetwalking. <laughs> and we got some of the responses. We wanted to gauge how it was being received in the UK. Now, the reason we thought of this idea was because of Juliet. So a big shout out to Juliet in New Zealand. Thank you, Juliet. Who asked the question, do you think Drag Race UK or what we've termed Drag Race Ruke? Ruke, okay. If it's been representative of what UK drag is. Um, we, I didn't know the answer. I had not I had a gist of it. But we went out and asked this question on the streets. We also wanted to shine a bit of a spotlight on some local queens. So uh, let's see what they have to say. Yes, so listen up and see how we went. All right, cool. So we've found um, we found another group of fans who actually watched the show. Um, welcome to Spinning the GNT. My name is Bolo. Can I grab you guys' names? I'm going to go run you first. Yes, I'm Nate. I'm Dean. Matt. Okay, so what do you guys think of the latest RuPaul's Drag Race episode two? Who am I going to first? Well, it was absolutely amazing. Bag of chips, much better! It was just <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Typically British, the way she overacted and absolutely incorporated the British humour and, and took it to it. Do you know what I mean? It was brilliant. All I can say is, bag of chips and the Vivian, they just smashed it out of the park. Yeah, they smashed it out of the park. I was very disappointed in Scaredy Cat. She was just one note all the way through. Do you think she's giving Pheromone a run for her money? Yes, definitely. It was too... Oh. Oh. It was like, oh. Why copy someone who's already been on it? Think of your own creative personality. Do you know what I mean? So, Next question is, a lot of the people that ask us this question, so we don't really know this, what's the difference between UK drag and US drag? I'm going to go to you first. You want to go around? UK is better. <laughs> right. Being on the drag scene for absolute years now, personally, not in drag, but knowing drag queens themselves, the UK drag is much more about banter and humour and incorporating the audience, whereas American drag is more about entertaining the audience. And it's just, it's not there. Michelle Visage, the way she was towards some of the queens this week, I thought completely not a bitch, because she doesn't actually understand the British drag humour. She doesn't get it. And I was yes, just no. couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. Yeah. Just trying to suck a stick. Whoa, that was loud. <laughs> Sorry. Our family show, everyone. Family show. No, what was Michelle Visage harsh on? She was harsh on the critics, everything. And she doesn't actually understand the British humour. The way they were acting, 
in their challenges actually incorporated all the British humour. It got it all involved and she was like, eh, eh, eh. Well, how about love? Instead of co concentrating on your bloody dancing on whatever, you know, <laughs> actually get to know the British people and, you know, what they're about, the humour is and stuff like that. And then you'll actually get to know what the queens are like in this country because they can slay the American queens every single night they really can when it comes to lip syncing when it comes to entertaining the crowds when it comes to crowd incorporation i'm sorry we're not just here to stand on a stage and entertain we're actually here for audience participation and she doesn't get that she just doesn't get that wow. i just what do you in, <laughs> can we uh, get your number can we uh, can we do a podcast special stronger in your opinions actually well i could be stronger in my opinion but you know media i'm keeping it quite plain and simple at the moment so who which drag queen on the show do you think is no way a representation of what UK drag is in terms of quality and in terms of, oh sorry what was it Cheryl Hole girl oh yes girl yes She's American through and through. Yeah. And, and a lot of a lot of things that we mentioned on our a lot of the drag queen. She's like a RuPaul American drag queen. Like on the drag race style, so she's acting that way. I don't know whether she's just acting that way for the show or whether that is her actual persona, but Cheryl Holt, God girl, you need to become British more. I, I would completely agree. Like I don't know who Cheryl Hall is. She is literally playing the RuPaul American drag queen. Uh, she's got the tongue pop, she's got the girl, she's got the yas. Typecasting, and she's just amalgamating God knows how many queens that have been on God knows how many seasons it is now, you know, and she's trying to play to RuPaul and Miss Elvisage. You know, look at me, I'm Americanism, blah, blah, blah. Love, it's UK drag race, UK drag race. And you, I mean, one of my best friends, Carmen in Blackpool, you know, absolutely amazing. Now, she's retired now, but you know what? If she'd gone to the show, she would slay those bitches because she is absolutely authentic to the British crowd, you know, just like the Vivian. I met the Vivian. Something Wong. Something Wong. Say that again. I'm loving the Vivian and Something Wong because they are typically British and they are pushing the British humour. Like, they're off the cuff like uh, i don't know how to describe it which drag queen to you is portraying uk drag which just name the ones that you think i'm gonna go around i'm gonna do you first for me it's the vivian i met the vivian when she was supporting bianca del rio and uh, it was blackpool pride now i was just getting over cancer at the time i'd just gone into um I'd just gone into a remission and I was sat there I was quite ill at the time and she came over to me and she actually spoke to me personally and actually made a connection with me she then added me on Facebook and then four weeks later when I was going back for a test she then actually contacted me and went how did it go and stuff like that she remembered and for me that is the British thing it's about making a personal connection and connecting with your audience your crowd and stuff like that and incorporating it into the show Anyone else? Anyone else can top that? I was just going to say it was the Vivian because I've seen her in fucking Gran Canaria. We, we was in Gran Canaria, went a pride, and the Vivian was amazing. She was. I'm going to say the Vivian as well because homegrown queen. And you know what? I looked at her and thought, I'm not having no more. She's me bitch. 
You guys, that's been amazing. That's all I really have. But thank you so much for your time. Can I grab your names again? I'm Dean. Ma. I'm Nate. And these are the guys from Liverpool. All right, cheers. Thank you. All right, hey, hey, so we're in Liverpool right now. We've actually just come into for a quick drink to the Lisbon, which is a bar, premier bar in uh, Liverpool. And we've actually bumped into someone here who made the last costume, actually last week's, well, this week's costume. He made this week's costume for the Vivian. How amazing is that? We just bumped into them here. Um, we're just going to ask you a few questions, if that's okay with you. Is that all right? Yeah? Can I grab your name? My name is Jake Nuttall. And can you tell me how you... So you've made the last costume for the Vivian on RuPaul's Drag Race episode 2, yes? Yeah, I did. Um, she just came to me and said that it had to be, like, James Bond-inspired. And as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, my God, Grace Jones, please. It's definitely one of our favourite looks. And I don't know if you've seen so far, but around in social media, her look's getting so much praise. Like, obviously, Vivian knows that I make clothes, so... When I knew that she, well, when she knew that she was going to be on it, she asked me to make her something, and I was like, oh my God, absolutely yes. Because she is my favorite drag queen, she's from Liverpool, she's amazing, gorgeous, and I actually think that she will win. So I was just like, yeah, baby, I'll do it for you. We're, we're trying not to be biased, but like we can't help, but we're very much, we're, we're rooting for the Vivian. How much we're rooting for the Vivian, do you think, what do you think so far, RuPaul's Drag Race UK, just the UK, do you think they're doing a good job at representing UK drag in the UK scene? To be fair, when when I knew it was going to happen, I was like, I, I was thinking that it might have been a little bit low budget, like they wouldn't have put any money into it or anything, but as soon as I watched it, I was like, oh my God, like it's like just as good as the American one, and, and I feel like all the girls, like all the queens are just as good here. If not a little bit better. <laughs> um like I was so happy to like do something for Vivian and I knew it'd be seen and that's that's everything. It's a dream come true for me because I love it. It's my favourite show and I'm absolutely obsessed with Michelle Visage. The fact that she's even just looked at something a man. She didn't critique it, so she can fuck right off, but she's fab. She's gorgeous and fuck her. So, when it came to designing the Vivian's dress, did you get any input as, as a designer into it, or did she tell you exactly what she wanted? The Vivian told me that she wanted like a bat wing suit, like gorgeous, dead slick, but she wanted to be attached right down her thighs to her leg. She wanted to be like, you know, like, um, uh, do them animals that jump out of a tree that have wings. A flying squirrel. She wanted to attach from the bottom of her ankles right up, and I said, oh, no, babe, this is what we'll do. And then she was like, oh, my God, yeah, because she's so trustworthy, and she's got the vision. She's like, she knows what she wants, and she knew it would look gorgeous. And then I went away and made it turns up in a house and went listen I've like attached long sleeves and I put a hood on it if you don't like it I'll take it off and then that'll be it and she put it on she's like oh my god villain I am a fucking villain she was made up she loved it and she looked gorgeous I am so proud of her how did, how did you get that lighting like it there was a certain color 
Well, the only thing I can say about that is, is that I'm just absolutely fantastic and I'm absolutely gorge. And I will do what I will do for every fucking queen to look gorge. And she looked absolutely fantastic in my eyes. Well, thank you so much. I 100% agree with you there. All right, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, so we're outside the Lisbon again. I found another, another fan of the RuPaul's Drag Race. Can I grab your name quickly? Martin. Hey, Ma hey Mo Martin, Martin. Martin. Martin, okay. So you've seen the last episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, episode two. What are your thoughts on that episode? My thoughts were that the show was so amazing. I'm so proud of all of our UK queens. I'm obviously rooting for our Vivian. And the episode was amazing, like any other. What was the, were there any highlights or any lowlights of the episode that you saw? The highlights of the episode was uh, Vivian walking down the runway and my boyfriend's uh, cat soup that he made specially for the Vivian. So amazing, so proud of him. I was in the room when he made the jumpsuit, so to see her walk down the runway and to see everyone so happy with it was just like, I'm blown away by you. I'm blown away. To go from seeing the beginning fabric to the end product and then seeing it on stage, what were your feelings? Well, to me, I can't even thread a needle. So <laughs> whenever he buys a piece of fabric and he tells me what his plans are for like that fabric and what he's going to make out of it, I can't see it because I'm so awful. Like, I can't thread a needle, as I just said. But he like literally made that outfit like in, in a couple of hours. It amazes me that he can he has got such talent that he can do this in like such a short amount of time and I was just so proud. So proud. The next question is like everyone a lot of the questions that I'm getting asked from people outside of the UK and even maybe some in is do you think RuPaul's Drag Race UK is showing an a, a a good representation of what UK drag is here. Well, I can tell by the accent that, like, you know, from here, uh, I can see the Australian accent. But I think it is, yeah, because you're getting not just one part of the UK, you're getting um, Cheryl Holders from Essex, and you're getting the whole Essex scene. Um, there's even Crystal, who is, you know, from Canada, and obviously she's li lived in London. Vivian is obviously from Liverpool and has been here for many, many years. So I think that like the whole part of the UK is getting a good representation. I really do. You know RuPaul's Drag Race US, yes? What is the difference between US drag and the UK drag scene? What's the difference there? I feel like the UK drag scene is more about, um, even though the US drag race has got all the comedy, I feel like the UK is more about the comedy side of things are not just about how you look even though it is a whole look thing as well but the comedy is and we are so dry witted over here and i feel like a lot of the u.s queens don't really understand our dry wit sense of humor but hopefully they will get to know that like as the show goes on i already know this anyway but who are you rooting for well obviously the vivian friends for 12 plus years um and not only the Vivian, but Bag of Chips is like amazing too. Like that sense of humor is like off the charts. Like how amazing is Bag of Chips? Amazing. But I also, I love them all. Like I just, I, I can't say that anyone's doing bad because they're all amazing. But if it is with someone, obviously the Vivian face and Bag of Chips is amazing too. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much.
So, so we're doing a, a podcast. The podcast is about spilling the GNT, and we're just interviewing people. We want to get everyone's opinion on what they are thinking about the latest reports Drag Race episode. Do you have any opinions? Well, I don't know. I, I was a little bit underwhelmed, Woo! but I don't know why. Okay. I just don't know. What we're trying to understand, a lot of people are asking us, what's the difference between UK drag and US drag? UK is very, like the US is very much the like, performance, it's all about how the way you look, but here, it's just about being a right knobhead, isn't it? <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about your drag career and what you do? And your name? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm Aurora, Aurora Queen on Instagram, with a KW. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about what kind of drag you do and where we can find you? Um, well, I work at OMG on a Saturday in heaven, whenever. Um, I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a knobhead. I look really, I, I try to look as pretty as I can, but when I open my mouth, I'm disgusting. I'm horrible and I'm vile. I'm a, I'm just a, I'm just a comedy queen that's here for a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you're watching this show and you're like, I would have done this. Why can't they be more like this? What, what's missing for you? I think Bag of Chips is like very UK drag. She's incredible. I, 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 Bag of Chips is my spare animal. If I could relate to any drag race queen, it would be Bag of Chips. I'm obsessed with her. She's very much just like, and I just love it. <laughs> She's like right old knees up. I just love it. Do you think the show is showcasing UK drag at its fullest? Is that what UK drag is to you? Are you seeing it on the show? Yeah, because like there's a lot, so many different aspects, like Bagger, there's Blue, which is beautiful. There's the Vivian, which is just like the best of the best. There's like Crystal, which is different, but she's incredible as well. It's like. On the spot, I can't think of the names. Uh, but can we get your opinion on Scary Cat? Do you know what? At first, I was a bit skeptical. Skeptical. I was like, "What the fuck? I want to be on fuck her." But, <laughs> but, but I think she's incredible, and she got heart of gold. Like I follow her on social media now, and she's very much like she uses her platform for like the environment, animals, all that, and I just love that. It's incredible. Is there, do, is there anything else you want to say? But I, right now, you've you both have given us this quality stuff. Thank you so much. Um. I don't think so. Pussy all, I'll do. <laughs> That's such a UK joke. Thank you so much, both of you, for your time. Cheers, thanks. Great, well, so we're outside Sugar Boys. Sugar. We're outside Sugar Boys. Now, we've got another a person who watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Can I grab your name? It's Kyron. Hey, Kyron. And what are your thoughts on the latest episode? Have you seen the latest? Yes, I did. All right, and what are your thoughts? I thought it was dead funny. Yeah, it's much better. <laughs> nice, no, nice, nice. What were the highlights for you for the show? Um, I thought Bag of Chips was amazing and the Vivian's look was incredible. What, what to you was UK drag comparing it to the US drag, RuPaul's Drag Race? Um, not as polished, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Spilling the GNT outside Sugar Boys. <laughs> no. Okay, our last question to you was this. Is there anything that you would want to see from the UK drags being done on there? Ooh. I don't know, something more quirky. There's not enough quirky at the minute. All right, what did you guys think of our mob casting? It was our first time, and I'm going to tell you this, I loved it. I had so much fun going out there and meeting a lot of RuPaul Drag Race fans. What about you, Doctor? Absolutely, had a fantastic time. We were at so many kind and gracious people who gave us their time and had very strong opinions. Yes, thank um, you so much for letting us interview you. Um, we also met the incomparable Miss Barbie Pink. Yes. Stunning trans woman. Yes, gorgeous lady. Now, we do have her interview, but we are going to save that for 
next week because we want to <laughs> we want we want you guys to come back. Yeah, <laughs> we want to come back and listen to us. We met so many fabulous people and we got so much material. We're gonna have to split it over two episodes because yes. we want to make the most and, and showcase the the opinions and uh, the wonderfulness of, of everybody that we chatted to. Well, that was that was so pageant. <laughs> That's anyway, me. I'm a pageant queen. Yes. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening to Spilling the GNT <laughs> with myself and Dr. Tom. Please join us next week for episode three. We'll mm-hmm. be spilling the GNT with you then. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us. Lots of love, guys. See you soon. See ya. Bye.